there's an experience, there's a there's a maturity there that is really sexy. The way somebody carries themselves comes from experience, and that is sexy. I mean, I want to believe you. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> with Ella, where we talk motivation, mindset, personal development, basically everything you need to get more of what you want. Hey, you're on air with Ella, and we're joined again by my husband, Jeremy. Hey. Hey. We're hunched over the same microphone again. Yes, this is somewhat close proximity. And I just ate pesto. (laughs) Which is even closer proximity. I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my best look. I'm really sorry. All right, you guys, we are sharing a microphone, so yeah, the sound is not ideal. I'm going to plead quarantine times, even though that has nothing to do with why we only have one microphone. Yes, that is, we only do have one, but that's okay. Well, thank you for coming back, and thank you for breathing pesto, and I'm really sorry, but I appreciate you sitting this close to me. No, it's my pleasure, <laughs> I believe I don't hate me. it. No, it's <laughs> my pleasure. Okay, I wanted to just ask you a couple questions. This is not a relationship show. We have other things to talk about. We are more than just our relationship. Okay. I mean... Sort of. Yes, we hope. (laughs) We would hope, yes. Okay, the first thing is, thanks for doing 21 Days of Movement with me. For those who don't know, but who are listening in real time, on August 1st, we started the 21 Days of Movement Challenge, and we're kind of knee-deep in it right now, yeah? Yep, yep. It was something that uh, you asked me to to participate in, and I was like, well, I do this every day anyway. Why would this be a problem? Um, I I didn't actually realize that 21 Days meant really 21 Days every day. Yeah, in a Really, the group is kind of an accountability group. You know what I mean? It's just about making the commitment to yourself, but it sure helps to have other people in it. And it, you know, it just gets you to do things you wouldn't do if you didn't have sort of the contrived circumstances. Like there are days, obviously, where you would not bother to move at all. But if you're participating in the challenge, you know, you're obligated. I'll hunt you down. I will know. Well, it's also a sense of accomplishment, too. I think that you're kind of making a uh, a deal with yourself anyway that you want to work out. You It's something that you want to do because you know it's good for you. When you actually have to achieve something for 21 days, you can look back at it even after you've done 12 or 13 or 14 days and say, you know what? I need to keep going because I'm actually accomplishing something here. Yeah, that's my dirty little secret is I'm actually just trying to create habit. The show at the end of the day is not really about exercise, but it's about the habits, creating the habits in your life that lead to the life that you want. And when you do something over and over again for 21 days in a row, it has a much better chance of kind of sticking. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that it's it makes you look for opportunities to work out. And I, it's it's easy to say more difficult to do, but as you know, you know, this weekend, I was actually traveling and I was traveling through Atlanta airport was a good example. You know, you get off and you get on the train and you go to baggage claim and everything else. Well, I didn't get on the train. I walked the corridors and it took me about 25 minutes. So, but it was something I really felt good about afterwards. I was like, you know what? I actually can justify my, my activity today. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because it's about movement and I'm coming from kind of the opposite camp where I used to feel like if I didn't work out for an hour to an hour and a half, then I've completely wasted my life and I haven't done anything. And focusing on movement instead of killing it, you know, which is certainly an option, but focusing on movement, my goal is really twofold. One is that we all kind of create habits that stick, that we want, that are useful and that serve us. But two, that we focus on movement Movement is very different than 21 days of CrossFit. (laughs) 
It is, and and you've been really, uh, you know, a real influence on me on making it consistent. And even if it's just us going for a a walk in the evening, it's something that if you keep doing it, you start it starts to become a p- kind of part of your DNA. Okay, so let's get real though. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> How much do you love being voluntold that you're doing 21 days of movement? Well, I wouldn't say it's voluntold. I, at the end of the day, I do realize that it actually really is having an effect. And, and it's not so much on the physical side. I just think you feel better when you do it. Yeah, 100%. But I do get occasionally fascinated by how much I think that your movement is my business. <laughs> It has become that. I have noticed that. Is it though? This is a, okay. This is a real question, you guys. How much is it you're taking care of yourself? How much of that is your partner's business? That's a good question. But I think that, you know, this goes back to that thing that we talked about on, on that last show, which was making your relationship and making your life something that you're proud of. And I think that if you actually put this in there, it's one of those check boxes you can say, you know what? We've actually done something that many people aspire to do, but they don't actually do. So it's going back to that whole feeling of self-worth. Okay, but in a relationship, how do you nudge your partner? Whoopsie, I made about relationship again. How do you nudge your partner if you feel like your partner isn't doing their best? I mean, certainly in, you know, either one of us has experienced that with the other in any, in, in a number of arenas. When your partner is maybe, you know, not eating right, not taking care of their body, not sleeping, whatever the thing is, overworking, what, how do you nudge your partner without being a nag? Well, I know for me, and we've, you know, you and I have talked about this, is that there, I'm sure there are people out there where the negative motivation, the being critical and kind of, I'm going to show you, that does not work for me. It does not work for me at all. So um, you're really good at making it kind of positive affirmation and kind of pointing out what would be the benefits and the things that you like when I do work out. And that I think is, is a huge opportunity. And that to me is what motivates me. I think a lot of people have to deal with, I mean, if you are, if you're in a partnership, if you're in a friendship, a lot of people have written to me about, um, having this situation with their parents, like really, 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 when it comes down to it, you can't make the other person in the relationship do the thing you want them to do. No, they have to feel good about themselves, right? I mean, if you feel good about yourself in what you're going to do, then you're probably going to do it. To me, if somebody is negative and says, you know, you never or those types of of approaches never, never work. Whereas if someone is like, you look incredible when you work out for two or three days, that is a pretty powerful motivation. (laughs) I literally did that right before we started. Exactly, you did, you did, you did. And by the way, hold on, I'm just going to go work out right now. But I meant it, I really did. Okay, 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 okay. Talk about living your best life. Um, Both of us have birthdays coming up. I do? Like real soon. You do? Our birthdays are just a couple weeks apart. Yep, yep. But you know what? They're far enough apart that it made me a Leo and you a Virgo. It did. It did. It's exactly right. Yes. Thank God for that. (laughs) Yes. But apparently they have all changed now and I'm no longer a Virgo, but that's no, okay. No, you're 100% Virgo. Okay. I, I mean, right. I actually don't know what the traits of a Virgo are because I'm a Leo. So obviously the only thing I've ever read about is a is, Leo. Is a Leo. Yes, that's yes. how you know you're yeah. a Leo. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, the birthdays are happening. So I have a question for you. How do you feel about that? Like we're not getting younger. <laughs> 
True. They just keep coming. Like, how do you cope? I mean, how do you celebrate? I mean, how do you feel? Well, I truly have got way past it being a number. And I don't know, this is not something I was like forcing myself to do. But I guess it started to become, as I got older, I started to realize it's how I feel. It really isn't what the number is. And if I feel good, it doesn't matter if the number is you know, 35, 45, 75. If you feel good, and by the way, I'm not 75, um, <laughs> being able to, to be able to concentrate on yourself, I don't think the number matters. It always amazes me when people focus so much on a particular number. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I have such mixed feelings about this. I really do. Because first of all, I feel really good. I like, I feel really good. I feel like I, uh, I'm so much happier than I was when I was 25, which was a really long time ago. I know I'm healthier than I was when mm -hmm. I was 25, but also there's a part of me that's just like easy for you to say. I mean, first of all, you <laughs> You seriously, you look better every year. It's so annoying. Is also, it's, it's fabulous. Are, are we going back to this other piece where this positive affirmation? <laughs> no. Am I supposed to go work out this it's afternoon? It's so annoying. Okay. <laughs> it's so annoying. I mean, me, I mean, let's be honest. The world is different for you than it is for me. But I need to stop thinking that way. So, like, if I keep trying to cling to the way that I looked when I was thirty-five. I'm going to be miserable real soon. <laughs> well, let me, let me, if I can, if I can clarify this for our female listeners here. Oh, wait, are you mansplaining? I'm not going to mansplain it. I'm going to explain how I look at this. Okay. As I see you every year, you get more beautiful, you get more attractive, your personality grows more and more because because there's an experience there's a there's a maturity there that is really sexy and i think when you start looking at especially these days of the of the younger generation yes they may look a certain way but they don't carry themselves and that is the way somebody carries themselves comes from experience and that is sexy i mean i want to believe you <laughs> It's true. It's true. You've done two things for me. The first thing you've done for me is you will always be 10 years older than I am. And I love you for that. <laughs> I'm so grateful to you for that. I will always be the younger woman. You guys, smartest thing I ever did in my entire life. So I have absolutely the best of both worlds there. But in all seriousness, the other thing that you did for me is, or helped me see that I'm trying to appreciate is you said, I mean, this was five years ago. I, what was I complaining about five years ago? I have no idea. But you said, you know, youth cannot be your calling card. Like that, that isn't your calling card. It has to be your talent, your personality, your energy. Like that never goes away. And, you know, only the fool ties those two things together and attributes that to youth. You didn't say it exactly like that, but that was my takeaway. I was going to say that's amazingly eloquent <laughs> if I said it like that. I'm very, very proud of myself. But I've got to be honest with you, it is it is tough. I equate it to like the body positivity movement because I hate diet culture. I hate what diets do to people. I hate what that whole moralization of food does to people. Hate it, hate it, hate it. But I also really care about my physical body and I want to be fit and I want to present a certain way and I'm never going to not care about that. Both of those things can be true at the same time. I feel the same way about aging. I'm like, okay, this is happening, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm a force of nature. I can't be slowed down just because I am, you know, the... <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. I embrace 
the power that you grow into as you get older. I mean, I fully do, 110%. And I wouldn't trade my state of mind for any other year of my entire life. But would I trade my face? Well, I don't think you should trade your face. That would be on many levels that would be very difficult to do. But I think that one of the things that people, that we all forget is that at the end of the day, it's how you look after yourself. So whether it's, you know, male or female, there are many things you can do to make sure that you show up. And that's the most important piece. I think many people get to an older age and you see them and they almost kind of give up. And I think that is the piece never, ever, ever give up because, you know, all of us have the ability to be absolutely fantastic. Maximize that. Do the things that you need to do to be fantastic. Okay, like what? So movement, we've already kind of covered, so that's important. I think that what you and I do well is we have fun together. We enjoy having fun together, whether it's just jumping on a bike and just going out and just spinning around the neighborhood for 40 minutes. That's something that we enjoy doing together. The other things is we enjoy going out. We just enjoy going and exploring and kind of discovering what the other person enjoys. I mean, I still am finding things that I go, wow, I didn't know you enjoyed that. That to me is exciting. I think trying to have adventures and doing things that you're scared of doing or doing things that you know you're not any good at, I it's remarkable as, as you get older, and this applies to any decade, but as you get older, I think you do fewer and fewer things that scare you because yeah. you can really build a very comfortable life for yourself. So I think one of the fountains of youth is doing things that scare you or make you nervous in a fun way. I mean, we went to Home Depot today. Now, I know that's not exciting. Well, no, maybe. Well, right now. I was going to say, in this day and age, it actually is pretty exciting. But just doing stuff together to me is, and you have always said, you actually really enjoy us doing errands together. And I actually agree with you. We actually enjoy that. Which is funny. I guess the context you have to have there is I hate running errands, hate, hate them. But I very much like running around and doing things with you. And I don't, I don't really know why. I mean, it's not that exciting. And I think really creates a, a dynamic between us that creates that sense of fun, it, that sense of teamwork. And that to me is what makes you feel young, continue to feel young. So you heard it here. The fountain of youth, the secret. Is go to Home Depot. Is to go, but together. Together. Most important. No, that's what I think you need to do. Okay, here's the real takeaway because people are gagging right now. The real takeaway is honestly to make things into a little adventure. I think we do that. And I think we do that with our boy also. Just turning the mundane into a little bit of an adventure for some reason. I don't know. I just like to feel like I'm alive. Do, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that the older we get, sometimes we stop searching for things that make us feel alive. Yeah. I have no intention of that. Absolutely. Okay, well, now that we sound fully codependent, I have a listener question for you that came in after our last show. Okay. So let me read this. This was a listener question in my Instagram DMs, and this is from a longtime listener, actually. I know her, and she's a huge supporter of the show, so I really hope she forgives me for my bluntness. Um, Her question was, what are some ways that you cultivate, foster, and encourage each other's creativity? And then she went on to say, how do you stay in tune with each other's needs? I'm not going to lie, this triggered me. <laughs> Why did it trigger you? No, well, you, you let me ask you, just objectively speaking, what are some ways that you or I foster the other's creativity? 
I think the way that we do it is by just actually encouraging somebody in something that they're doing and don't turn it into a negative. I think that's probably, it's as simple as I know how to say that. We don't try to knock each other down for things that the other wants to go do. Here's why I struggle with that. I don't feel like it's my job to foster your creativity. I think that I'm at risk of sounding really cynical, but I think that you're much more likely to do harm to someone's creativity than you are to foster it, right? And so your job is to actually do no harm. Your job is to not squelch it, to not mock it, and to give the other person space and time. And whenever you have peace and harmony in your relationship, it's a lot easier for anyone to be creative in that space than it is if you're under constant, you know, constant tension. So I think it's much more likely that you would be a threat to one another's creativity, but like, it's not my job to foster your creativity. That it comes entirely from you. Does that sound so cynical? Well, no, because creativity in of itself is something that actually comes from within a, an individual. It can't, if it's not there, it's not there. But if they do have a semblance, a small amount of, of interest or talent there, uh, you can be very positive to them and you can just see that thing flourish. This question is about how do you cultivate and encourage each other's creativity and how do you stay in tune with each other's needs? And there's something that just really triggered me. And I think it's because I think I'm such a believer in everybody showing up to the table as a whole person. We just admitted that we're codependent. We like to go to Home Depot together. It's mm -hmm. 100% fine. Great. But I'm a whole adult going to Home Depot with you. Right. Like, it's not your job to foster my state of mind. Right. Like that's my job. No, you I think you're making a lot of sense. What it's, do you mean no? It's <laughs> I'm not <laughs> You, oh, did you see that? Oh, sorry. Um, now, the responsibility you have for your partner's creativity is to is to encourage is 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 to be encouraging. That is the extent of it. Yeah. If I were to wrap this up, I think I would say that it's each of our jobs to show up and state what we need. So it's not my job to intuit what you need. And it's not your job to intuit what I need. I mean, it's always nice when that happens, but it's been a real source of misery to think that your partner should intuit what you need. Like, I actually think it's my job to tell you what I need. Yes, I think that we've talked about this, I think, on the first show that I did and this whole idea of some kind of ESP that everybody has. You know, you should be able to understand something by not verbally explaining it or showing somebody. Well, that's not going to help you. Okay, so go to Home Depot together, but don't worry about nourishing each other's creativity. That is your takeaway. This is the most random episode in the world. Thank you for the question, by the way. Sorry it triggered me. I don't know what's wrong with me. And thank you for hunching over this microphone with me. That's fine. It's, it's very nice. Thanks for coming. I have thoroughly enjoyed it, as I always do. Thank you for inviting me. All right, happy pre-birthday. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Okay, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, same to you too. <laughs> okay, bye for now. Tell me what you think about this episode. Find me on Instagram at onairwithella. Would love to hear from you. Would love to hear your thoughts about today's show. And tell me what you want more of. All right? See ya.